Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 20 from the World English Bible. There happened to be there a wicked fellow whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew the trumpet and said, We have no portion in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, Israel. So all the men of Israel went up from following David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah joined with their king from the Jordan even to Jerusalem. David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in custody, and provided them with sustenance, but didn't go into them. So they were shut up to the day of their death, living in widowhood. Then the king said to Amasa, Call me the men of Judah together within three days, and be here present. So Amasa went to call the men of Judah together, but he stayed longer than the set time which he had appointed him. David said to Abishai, Now Sheba the son of Bichri will do us more harm than Absalom did. Take your lord's servants and pursue after him, lest he get himself fortified cities and escape out of our sight. Joab's men went out after him, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and all the mighty men. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue Sheba the son of Bichri. When they were at the great stone which is in Gibeon, Amasa came to meet them. Joab was clothed in his apparel of war that he had put on, and on it was a sash with a sword fastened on his waist in its sheath. And as he went along it fell out. Joab said to Amasa, Is it well with you, my brother? Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. So he struck him with it in the body and shed out his bowels to the ground and didn't strike him again, and he died. Joab and Abishai his brother pursued Sheba the son of Bichri. One of Joab's young men stood by him and said, He who favors Joab and he who is for David, let him follow Joab. Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the middle of the highway. When the man saw that all the people stood still, he carried Amasa out of the highway into the field and cast a garment over him when he saw that everyone who came by him stood still. When he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue Sheba the son of Bichri. He went through all the tribes of Israel to Abel and to Beth Maacah and all the Berites. They were gathered together and went also after him. They came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Maacah, and they cast up a mound against the city, and it stood against the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman cried out of the city, Hear, hear, please say to Joab, Come near here that I may speak with you. He came near to her, and the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your servant. He answered, I am listening. 
Then she spoke, saying, They used to say in old times, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel, and so they settled a matter. I am among those who are peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why will you swallow up Yahweh's inheritance? Joab answered, Far be it, far be it for me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so. But a man of the hill country of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, has lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Just deliver him, and I will depart from the city. The woman said to Joab, Behold, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman went to all the people in her wisdom. They cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Joab. He blew the trumpet, and they were dispersed from the city, every man to his tent. Then Joab returned to Jerusalem to the king. Now Joab was over all the army of Israel. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and over the Pelethites. Adoram was over the men subject to forced labor. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilad, was the recorder. Shiva was the scribe, and Zadok and Abiathar were priests and Ira the Jairite was chief minister to David. That is the end of chapter 20. The scripture here makes it clear that Sheba is wicked. He seems to think that he can take advantage of David, who might be weakened after Absalom's revolt, and Sheba has a better chance. But why do so many people in Israel listen to him? This is the complete opposite of what they said at the end of chapter 19, so it becomes hard to believe anything they say. Now we have an interjection about those unfortunate concubines, and we learn that as far as the husband-wife relationship, David is dead to them. They live as widows, but he does take care of them. Then, as David said in chapter 19, verse 13 to Amasa, he is attempting to put Amasa in charge of his army. Unfortunately, Amasa is not effective, but David still tries to avoid putting Joab in charge by asking Abishai to take charge of the attack. In verse 7, it indicates that the men still consider themselves Joab's men. Then we have another reference to the Cherethites and the Pelethites, who have been mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 14, 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 18, and 2 Samuel 15, verse 18. And we discussed who these people, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, probably were, I think, in Second Samuel chapter 15. Now we see more treachery from Joab, who will murder his rival, who, as you recall from Second Samuel 17, was Joab's cousin, his close cousin. Joab doesn't even make any pretense that he has a justifiable reason for killing Amasa, and he betrays him with a kiss, um, and we get this little insight into this custom of holding the beard before kissing. Verse 12 indicates that Amasa's death was not immediate, though inevitable, and it was a bit of a horror watching him die that was distracting the other soldiers before the one man drug him off into the field. And then we have another wise woman who, in this case, is indeed wise because she justly saves her city with her interference in the war that's going on. Joab's response is ironic in retrospect to his recent murder, but above all, he is about winning in battle, not just about killing everyone indiscriminately, as we saw with how he ended the battle after he killed Absalom. He is loyal to David, 
after he is loyal to himself. And remember, Sheba didn't just curse David like Shimei did. Sheba raised an army to kill David and replace him as king. It doesn't say how they cornered Sheba and beheaded him, but it appears to have been done without delay, uh, quite the gruesome spectacle with the picture of the head being thrown over the wall. So they disperse, and we get a review of David's current staff, indicating that Joab retains his position. Again, David seems weak when it comes to Joab. But regarding the forced labor, I refer you to my previous discussion of slavery, which I will link to on the blog post. But in summary, these are people who have tried to wipe out or maraud Israel, so it would be unwise to just let them roam free, much like we put people in prison when they are not to be trusted out in society. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 